0: And welcome to episode 201 of the Ask the Coach show, where ping skills helps you improve your table tennis. 201 in binary, double one, double zero, one, double zero, one, is the title of an episode of Star Trek The New Generation. It's Technique Tuesday, and we'll be discussing attacking with long pimples. In the questions, we talk about the new coaching rule coming in next year. Using your body when playing a forehand, whether getting excited helps you play better, and using a bat that's too fast. And don't forget that this week we are running a competition where you could win a premium membership. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Good morning, Alois.
1: Morning, Jeffrey, and uh, how are you this
0: morning? Yes, I'm very good. Thank you. Uh, I'm excited this week because of our competition, Alloys, giving away a premium membership. Well, actually, five premium memberships. So, yeah. And to win that membership, you just got to get involved, answer the Ping Skillers question of the day. And at the end of the week, the five people we choose for, from each day will go into a draw. One of them will win a yearly membership. And all the others will get a monthly. So it's pretty exciting.
1: It is indeed.
0: So, um, yeah, so we had uh,
1: a few responses to our uh, question of the day for yesterday. So and that was, what has been the highlight of the first 200 Ask the Coach shows? So on um, on Facebook, we had um, Ilya saying the number facts. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't get that. Um, yes, Ilya. And Sammy said every time Jeff says indeed indeed I mean that is a highlight <laughs> uh, Mark Taylor said guest appearances and I think in our shows Mark Taylor has the has been the only guest appearance that we've had so we had Mark in talking about how to uh, improve your club so yes. thanks thanks for that mark um, Igor said the regular banter alloys gives to Jake Ballestrino poor old Jake and um and dana said it indeed has been the number facts how about throwing in some this day in table tennis history facts in the future shows good idea dana um and johanna said the highlight is the interaction between alloys and jeffrey Mm, yeah maybe um and and on on the blog we had a few responses so nigel um also said, the highlight for me is listening to your banter and picking up some useful table tennis tips. I'm glad we're actually providing some table tennis tips here um, over breakfast before going to work. Um, now, Gene said, absolutely no doubt on that one. Obviously, it has to be Jeff's jokes.
0: Yes, mm. Gene, excellent. Mm-hmm. But, He's going to uh, a contender for the winner of the show, Aloys.
1: Yeah, actually, at the bottom of the
0: list. Um, and
1: Dita and, uh, Dita says for me personally, the highlight was the pronunciation of, I've got to get this right. Newtink probably got that wrong completely again, but for all of us, I think it must have been when Brock finally beat the tall guy. So oh, Jeff- wasn't
0: that great.
1: Um, it was, it was,
0: time, but finally he got there. Yeah. So Jeff,
1: uh, what do you, what do you think?
0: Well, you know, listening to that—that that Brock when Brock finally beat the tall guy—it was just an incredible moment on the show. I think you know it has to be Dita. Yeah, me
1: too. I think it has to be Dita. And and uh, sorry, Gene, you're at the bottom of the list nominating Jeff's jokes. So
0: close, um, close second, Gene.
1: Close uh, two hundredth. Um, so Dita, you are the first winner of the. Uh, Competition for the Pingskillers' question of the day answer. So, well done. You get you will go into the draw at the end of the week for a yearly membership, but you're guaranteed a monthly uh, membership. So, yeah. So, stay
0: tuned. Next Monday, we'll announce all the winners again and the yearly member. All right, alloys. That is, um, yeah, that's good. Um, I think we should move on to the Pingskillers' question of the day and give everyone else another opportunity uh, to win a membership. So the question is, what changes need to be made to the service rule? So get involved. Jump, yeah. yeah. Oh, there we go. Opening up a can of worms. Yes. So jump onto our Facebook page or onto our blog at pingseals.com and leave your answer. What changes need to be made to the service rule? And um, like we said, your chance to win a Ping Seals Premium Membership. So get involved. All right, Alois. It is Technique Tuesday. What are we talking about today?
1: Um, today we have the long pimple attack. So um, it's it's not really pertinent to a lot of people as far as playing, but you know it, it also applies on the reverse if you're playing against a long pimple. So when Uh, You have long pimples on the backhand. There's some long pimples for you. Um, It's um, sometimes a good idea to be able to attack the ball. And probably the the easiest ball for you to attack is actually when your opponent puts some backspin on the ball. So when they put some backspin on the ball, it comes in and it goes out with topspin. So that actually allows you to attack or come over the top of that ball relatively easily. And it's a shot that I think a lot of long pimple players um, don't use enough. So a lot of long pimple players will just, you know, push the ball back. And especially if someone's putting backspin on the ball, and if you push the ball, the ball's going to go back uh, fairly simply with a little bit of topspin and give your opponent too much time. So this now allows you to attack the ball. And it's almost the same as doing a counter hit with... um, inverted rubber because the spin coming out of your racket is top spin so all you need to do is Nick can come either straight forward and really punch forward on it that way or you can come forward and up a little bit as well um, to get um to get over the top of that ball too so um, a really effective stroke and as I said uh, I don't think enough long pimple players use this stroke so you try to utilize this if you if you're playing with long pimples. On the reverse side, so if you're playing against long pimples, just be aware of this stroke. So if you're pushing to the long pimples, understand that the ball is going to come back with topspin. And if you give them a simple backspin ball and they punch through the ball, um, it can be a difficult ball for you as well. So uh, yeah, really interesting stroke. If you're using long pimples, experiment with it, give it a try, punch through it, can be really effective. I mean, Juice hook does it so well um, off um, off a backspin serve. He'll come in and he'll really punch forward on it and um, and put a lot of pressure on the attacker as well.
0: Yeah, certainly. And um, we have a video on this. And so I'll put a link into the show notes. Check it out. Well worth watching, even if you're not a long pimple user yourself. But if you are, like Alice said, experiment around. I mean, You've got these long pimples to try and confuse people. So this is just one tool in your arsenal.
1: Yeah, so this is a video that's just been made available um, to our free members, but you do have to be a member uh, to to view this video. So uh, so go along to the Strokes and Techniques page and you'll see next to it it's got a little M on it, which meaning that um, that if you're a member, you can watch it.
0: Excellent, yep. And if you're not a member, sign up for our free account, pingskills.com, and you can uh, get lots of, uh, yeah, lots of videos that are available for free. Plus, you'll get our newsletter, Weekly Tips Every Week, which um, is very popular. All right, Alois, I want to know what happened on this day in history.
1: Yeah, and this is one that I actually remember. Um, It's December the 8th. 1980, and it was the death of John Lennon. So I remember it really clearly because um, I remember I was in Japan at the time, and um, uh, I was sitting in a school library, and I opened up the paper, and it's all in Japanese. Um, and the only thing I could recognise was there's a little picture of John Lennon with um, his birth and death day, basically. So. I worked out pretty quickly that uh, John Lennon um, had died. So, yeah, that was 1980, um, yeah, December the
0: 8th. Wow, there you go. I was recently in New York, Aloys, and there's a little memorial in uh, Central Park for him just across from where he got killed. Um, So, yeah, very very interesting fact and uh, still quite sad, I guess. Yeah, very memorable day. Yes. All right. Well, let's, um, let's move on to the questions alloys. And first uh, Jeff, up yes. Jeff.
1: Yeah. So like, I think, um, you know, with, um, with, you know, John Lennon and, and the death and that sort of stuff, like it's, um, it, it's, it's really interesting to, to note, you know, like the things that you can remember in history. Like, I mean, I can remember back, you know, 1980, you know, like that sort of stuff, but, like sometimes I can't remember what happened yesterday and often I can't remember things that uh, like my opponents can do and can't do and, you know, I think that's, that's a really good um, uh, thing that we have with the vault, you know. With people with memory like mine, the vault is fantastic for just putting things down and remembering like, you know, I played Jeff yesterday, I beat him really easily and these are the things that I have to do.
0: yeah yeah exactly Um, and um, so yeah the vault is available for everyone to use Um, Alois does have a premium lesson where he does go and show how he thinks he would beat me so for premium members check out that it just shows you how to use the vault Um, but yeah you're right Alois it is a great tool you know if you've got something that works write it down put it in the vault and then you can always go back and look at it later All right. (laughs) let's talk about this question from Mike D who says, a new coaching rule will be implemented next October 2016 which will allow coaching in between points. What do you think of this new rule? And also, do you think this will be the door to legalise all side coaching during a match? Um,
1: Yeah, I don't like it, but... Um, having said that I've spoken to a few people that have uh seen trials of it and you know been involved in trials and they said it just works and it's all okay uh, yeah um I mean for me, you know two players playing each other um, it's it's about those two players on the table and their abilities and and you know how they how they can play against each other i mean I think the less sideline coaching the better i mean you know let's go the other way just take away coaches during during matches altogether um, and let's get the players thinking things through and let's see what they can actually um bring to the table um i mean it's not it's not you know me and the guy on the sidelines telling me what to do it's me playing jeff easy match but it's me playing Jeff and you know just trying to um trying to work out for myself what what uh, what I can do
0: um yeah it's interesting this rule I don't think it allows them to give detailed instructions does it it's meant to be um they can just shout something out but they can't disrupt the play is that is that how you read the new rule
1: yeah well they can't they can't um yeah they can't uh yell out during, during the points, but in between points, I mean, I can yell out, come on, Jeff, you need to play, you know, uh, more top spins to his forehand. Um, uh, You know, when you come over to the corner, I can just tell you, you know, Jeff, um, I want you to serve this one wide to his forehand. I mean, I want Jeff to work that out himself. I know he's probably not going to, but you know, I want him to be able to, to start to think for himself, not me telling
0: him what to do. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah. All right. Well, um, it's coming in another change, so let's just see how it plays out. Um, but, yes,
1: yeah, as I, as I, as I said, I mean, pl- people that have been through the experience of, uh, of the trials and things have actually said, well, it, it, it's all okay. It works pretty well. And, um, yeah, again, you know, and usually I'm, I'm good with changes with rules and things, um, you know, I don't mind changes coming in. Um, I just don't, yeah. I just don't like the principle of this one.
0: Yeah, and tennis is the opposite. Like you said, there's no coaching at all um, in the, the Grand Slams and most of the ATP tournaments. Yeah, but but
1: the coaches are giving signals to players, right? I mean, it is happening. True, uh, and-, and
0: Davis Cup is different. In between each game, in or each. Change of ends in Davis Cup. The coaches can talk to them. So, yeah, yeah, Um,
1: you know, uh, yeah. The the one thing I'll say in favour of this rule is that it does, I suppose, um, even up the playing field so that that coaches or players that are having that interaction, you know, with signals or with um, or whatever in between points. Now, um, it's basically out on the table and um, and it's evening up the playing field. So that is something in favour.
0: Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question is from Norman who says, do you not only have to move your arm to generate the forehand, do you also have to move your body while playing a forehand?
1: Yeah. So, Norman, when we when we teach the forehand to start off with, we – focus a lot on the movement of the arm. Um, so that's probably the, your, your first step. So, we, you know, we talk a lot about the start position and finish position. Then as you start to advance your forehand and progress, then you can start to think a little bit more about your body, your legs, your wrist, all those sorts of things as well. Um, and we have a video on the advanced forehand topspin to help you to start to... Um, uh, understand those other bits of the body that you're going to be able to start to use uh, with your forehand as well. So, yeah, definitely as you advance your forehand, we are bringing in all of our body to, to help us and to, to, um, to generate more speed, more spin, whatever it is. So, yes.
0: Yeah, and recently on the show you also talked about the free arm and how that can help you, um, Alois. Indeed, Jeff. indeed. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. All right. So good question, Norman. Um, We'll put a link in the show notes to that video, so check it out, and I think that will help you a lot. Tusha has said, Coach, do you think that expressing our excitement after every point increases our chances of winning or getting more points?
1: Not convinced, Tusha. I think um, that if a player is always you know, up and yes and show. And um, I think you like, one, you're wasting a lot of energy. And two, it can get you a little bit high on the um, excitement scale. So when you start to get a little bit higher on the excitement scale, then your thinking doesn't become as clear or yeah, becomes less clear. Um, so, I think it it depends for each person. Some players operate well when they're up there and doing that, um, but other players don't. So other players get themselves too excited and too uh, worked up and then their thinking uh, will actually drop off and then their performance will actually drop off. Um, We've got um, information on this in our sports psychology section on the inverted U um, curve, which um, reflects the the um the relationship between your excitement level and your performance. Um so take a look at that um that and what's available there um and it'll explain a lot to you. So you I I don't think a lot of players can operate at that high level of, of intensity and excitement uh when they're playing. It just yeah it's just one it spends a lot of energy and over over a full day tournament or um or over, you know, a, a tournament, like um, five days or whatever it is, um, it can take a lot out of you physically as well.
0: Yeah, interesting, Alice. Um, from just watching table tennis matches, it seems that a lot of the players do get excited. There's a lot of fist pumping and a lot of showing and a lot of yelling. Um, so, yeah, Whereas I think if you look back at say the Swedes, they seem to be a bit more calm. So like Janneva Voldner was more calm in general. Do you think table tennis is a sport where more excitement is needed to compare to say tennis? Not
1: really. No, I mean same, same, same body, same, same ideas. I mean I think you know if you're in a combative sport, yes, uh, I think you need you probably need to be up a little bit higher. Um, but, um, yeah, in a sport like table tennis, where then you need to have a really, really clear mind or, um, and the ball's coming fast at you and you need to be able to watch carefully, I think you need to be a little bit um, calmer and lower in general.
0: Uh, okay. Most- so, watching the Pro Tour and seeing players play, do you think a lot of players could actually come down a notch and play a little bit better?
1: Um, Yeah, I I do. I I, I do think that, um, yeah, I I think a lot of players, you know, just really get a little bit over the top and and too high. Um, Having said that, it almost becomes part of what they do. So um, the chowing and the, I mean, then they're not actually getting up that high by doing that because that just becomes natural and part of what they're doing. Um, And I don't think it really helps anyone
0: okay except, interesting ex- except
1: it probably does make it a more of it um, more appealing to the spectators
0: maybe I mean some people don't like that like think it's a bit too over the top and so you know I guess it's you know some people like it some people don't
1: yeah true
0: yeah very interesting question tusha and um, yeah recently um, it's kind of related. We were talking about the free throw record, Alloys, where some guy shot for seven hours straight without missing to set the world record. Um, and there was, yeah, a free throw coach who said he didn't like people to think about positive thoughts or negative thoughts before making a shot because he thought that took away from just thinking about the technique. So I guess if you're getting too excited... Does it really help? Do positive thoughts really help? Or should you just be focused on the ball, on what's happening right now? And that's the only thing that matters.
1: Yeah, yeah I think so. I think that yeah, they're really good. I actually started listening to that uh, podcast, and that reminds me, I fell asleep while listening to it. I was pretty tired at the time. It was really interesting, though. So I'm, I've got to go back and listen to it all. Uh, it was, it, it's quite a long, it's quite a long podcast. I think it's 30, 40 minutes or something. But, yeah, something um, like
0: that, about half an hour, yeah. Yeah, It was, but it so, was... so interesting you fell asleep. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: I can fall asleep anywhere at any time. So uh, Brilliant. Uh, yeah, yes, especially watching or listening to things I can fall asleep. No, um,
0: I can fall asleep pretty easily. Uh, very good. All right, um, let's move on to a question from Romeo who says, I've got a new fast blade along with fast rubbers, Tenergy 5 and jeweler explode. And now I can't seem to lift backspin balls properly. How do I overcome this? I think it's because I've lost the skill, kind of like the yips.
1: Ah, okay. So firstly, you haven't lost the skill. Um, secondly, I think it, it's probably better if you just go back to a slower uh, bat. So what happens is when you, um, when you get a faster bat, um, the ball c- will come out really fast off your racket. So instead of uh, that softer, slower ball where the ball's lifting, the ball's coming out really quickly and that will tend to mean that the ball will go into the net um, more. The second thing that happens is that when the uh, bat gets really fast and you start to become a little bit more tentative because you know that the ball's going to come out fast, so you just start to um, play the ball softly and, and you, you tighten up because you're trying not to hit the ball too hard, and that can um, interfere with the working of your stroke. So, you know, this might be your stroke um, you get a faster bat and then you start doing this to try to just get the, get the ball on the table. Um, so everything tightens up, your stroke becomes different. Um, so it's not the yips, um, it's just you're uh, worried or you're anxious about um, what uh, what your bat's going to do and you're not sure. So, yeah, it, so- it sounds like you might've stepped up a little bit too quickly in the the speed of your racket, perhaps just try, go, go back to, go back to your previous racket if you've still got it and just do your stroke again, get the feel of it and see, see if you can, um, you know, get that, get that feeling of the stroke back. Maybe, I don't know, maybe put that bat away for a little bit longer and, you know, get some slower rubbers.
0: Yeah. Good advice, Alloys. Um, And we do have a, a lesson on choosing a bat, which kind of goes through the stages about when you should upgrade to different bats. Um, but yeah, you don't want to be compromising your stroke because you're worried about it getting it on the table because your bat's too fast. So yeah, if you're feeling like that, Romeo, then take Alice's advice, try a slower one. Um, yeah. If you're still feeling good, I mean, maybe you just need some more practice as well. Maybe just get out and do, you know, a hundred or 200 balls of, um, getting someone to feed you some backspin and just practice doing the full stroke and, you know, see if the skill comes back. But, um, yeah, good luck, Romeo. Let us know how you get on. All right, Aloys, that wraps up show 201. Thank you everybody for listening. Make sure you get involved. Answer the Skills question of the day for your chance to win one of those premium memberships this week. And thank you, Aloys.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Jeffrey. And, uh, We will see you again tomorrow morning.
0: Will do. Catch you. Bye.